and trains, and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home, walk home, walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. And good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. I'm Devin Wade, of course. And uh, today coming to you with Biscuit. Jordan Wade, how are you, Biscuit? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Great. A wonderful, wonderful day to talk a little bit about sports, and we want to get uh, you involved and remind you that you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D, and of course on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group, and i I tell you this, I promise you, we will be going Facebook Live soon, sooner rather than later, we will go Facebook Live, and we will get your questions live on the air. Well, we want to get into some headlines, anticipating a visit from... A guy who was a, I guess you would say he'll he'll be a staple on the show. Eddie Robinson, former uh, Houston Oiler linebacker, former Alabama State linebacker, former Jacksonville Jaguar, and finally Tennessee Titans. Right. I think he played for one other team. He, he said he doesn't like, like to talk about those days. I think, you know, towards, probably towards the end of his career, I'm sure. Uh, and so we'll talk to uh, plenty of NFL. I want to get his take. He is still close with the now-fired Jeff Fisher. We can get into a little bit of that. Also, some headlines. And um, Big Brother, Little Brother, we did a poll. And I'm going to tell you in just a second about something that I have been doing. And I want to get Jordan's take on that as well. So, with that, I want to run down a few of the headlines um, for this wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, Jeff Fisher fired, of course. Are you you're pretty happy about that? You seem gleeful. You shouldn't I, you seem know gleeful when somebody gets fired, but you seem happy about it. Okay, well, you know, it's on the last podcast we had uh, Haywood Jeffries, former uh, Houston Oilers wide receiver, and really, my, you know, one of my closest friends. Uh, happy drop. Ha- happy birthday, by the way, to him. Yesterday was his birthday, so I'll say that to say uh, that I don't. Well, I don't like Jeff Fish for two reasons. Uh, well, for three reasons, now that I think of it. Okay. I don't like him for the way he desecrated the, the remnants of the run and shoot. Okay. And, again, that goes back to 95, I believe. And, of course, I don't like him because he, you know how when your boys don't, they, you know, they have beef with somebody. Well, you beef with Wood, you beefing with me. Oh, okay. A so you bit. took on a be- on the I, beef. Yeah, I took ownership uh-huh. of the beef. Because that's kind of what what you do. Mm. Did I didn't you know what? There is one beef, and I cannot mention this player's name. There is one guy that he is not exactly besties with, but I love this guy. <laughs> like this is I'm a why big fan. Come on, man! Why can't nah, you say? Yeah, Who is it? Nah, Can I guess? No. Because <laughs> nah. you, you never know who listens, and I don't want to hurt feelings until we write the book. Yeah, it's a name. So. Um, but anyway, yes. But I, I took on the Jeff Fisher beef. Okay. Uh, but and, and and of course Vince Young. 
and, and really, Vince Young. Oh, okay, I get it. Okay, I mean how he he mistreated Vince Young and put him out there. Jeff, I just think he. I don't know how he kept a job. I saw a stat today that said that Bill Belichick can go zero and sixteen for the next six years <laughs> and still have a higher winning percentage than Jeff Fisher, which tells you all you need to know. Sound like you're pretty gleeful about it. I don't. You don't celebrate somebody losing a game. And in, in, in it's Christmas time. You know? Well, that's re- I, ridiculous. Oh, I know. He just his signed a two years. Yeah, his family's taken care of. His son so, is still on the coaching staff, so they'll be all right. Yeah, that, well, he should have went to. <laughs> just like in the Middle East. If you go, your dad, your kids go, everybody uh, goes. That's not. And didn't that just happen somewhere else? Where else did that happen? Where else did that happen? Another place where, oh, Baylor. Brow's son is still on the staff. Okay. Yeah, and that that's something we never really got into and. They have a new coach. Yeah. I can't pronounce his name. He's from the former Temple coach. Yeah, who actually resurrected Temple. Temple was so bad. Right. You know, Temple was as bad as Kansas and Kansas State used to be. Those programs used to be awful programs. And, and I mean, really, you talk about Kansas 0-11 every year. That's why another reason why you just had to fire Charlie Strong. You just cannot lose to, to Kansas. But they did recruit. I actually, they didn't heavily recruit me. I got mail from them. Kansas State recruited you pretty, pretty uh, strong. They were. They I got stuff from them too back in the day. So you know, hey, I can beat my chest now. You know, now it's been so long. I can say whoever. I can make up things. So. Well, yeah, that's true too. I still have a box full of stuff somewhere. You know. Anyway, back to Jeff Fish. Okay. Dun, dun, you know, fire. Eric Dickinson is about as happy as I am. Oh, please. Who cares? Well, he's Who all cares what Eric Dickinson well, thinks? Well, he made it. Really, Jeff Fisher made him relevant in this argument. If It, it never would have came to light if you wouldn't have asked the man to, to, to not be on the sideline. Like, he, he should have said, who cares? He could say what he wants to say. He's an all-time legend. He's bigger to this this organization than I ever will be. Let me just not fight that battle. Man, go somewhere. Grow your Jerry Curl back and sit down. Which, that wouldn't be a bad look now. I don't, I don't think he can. All that activator juice burned all his hair off. That's why he's bald-headed now. No, I don't know. Does he most have- people, if you think about it, if you look at it, most people who had a Jerry Curl back in the day are now ball-headed. You look at Carl Malone, who had a nice, you know, kind of activator feel but going. But Carl Malone is like 60 years old. So. Well, I mean, they, I mean, I mean, they played in the 80s. With everybody. That's, when they, that's, when, that's when, I mean, Carl, uh, Eric Dickerson is about the same age as yeah, so. they, all those guys who played in the 80s who had that curl, man, is is is, is that soul glow will burn your hair follicles. Well, I don't know. We, we'll have to do some uh, st- uh, statistical we'll research. research that, I yeah. think Bowlegged Lou and the guys from Full Force still have hair. A lot no, of they hair. don't. No, they don't. Really? No, oh, they do I have not. to research that. That's uh, something for our. Uh, not the guy. Nah, I can't remember the 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 guy with the real curl. Nah, okay. you know, he don't have hair oh, anymore. Okay. Well, anyway, so uh, you know that happened, but now that you, as you start to get into obviously into December and things start to heat up and you start to head towards the playoff drive, now you're starting to see the teams come come up and be who. We thought they would be, and I'm talking really, first and foremost, of, of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh on a four-game win streak. They're starting to look good as it gets colder. The Giants are another team that, that start, although they lost to Pittsburgh last week, they come up, they beat Dallas. All of a sudden, the Cowboys offensively are struggling, and uh, do you dare question, is it time? Is it time for Tony Romo? No, no, I'm it's telling, not. Well, look, they, they have, what, 24 points in two games. It won't get any better. Because now you have Tampa Bay and Gerald McCoy, and the, that Tampa Bay defense is the truth. Again, I mentioned this on my last podcast. You're not afraid of them, 
but they make things they make life a lot more uncomfortable. Like I would rather play Atlanta with their big play capability than Tampa Bay in their defense right now. I mean, you they have a little bit of balance on offense. You have Mike Evans, uh, Jameis Winston. I know Haywood was high on them too, but it's the defense that that's getting it done. And I think it'll be another week of struggles offensively for the Cowboys. And again, now you have a lot of tape on on Dak Prescott. Yeah. That's what happens. You know, you the league starts to catch up with what you like to do, and they like to take that away. And Des Bryant is not effective at all. Uh, I heard what Stephen A. Smith go off on him, which I think that was a bit much. But again, that's that's kind of Stephen A. Smith. That's his stick. But but if you look at the game, okay, it was played on a pretty much a wet surface. It was cold. It wasn't wet. It was it was it was it, icy kind that, of. Well, but that's it, wet. That's that was slippery. not a yeah. That wasn't a, a factor though. That, but I mean, it it is to a point. That the score was ten seven. It wasn't like they got blown out and they got a big play well, by Odell both, Beckham Jr. Yeah, to, to 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 take over the game. Well, so, both teams played horribly offensively. How what uh, Eli you know, had a bunch you, of turnovers. He right. looked really really bad. And you're saying that's that one of that's that is one of the teams on the come because they won. See, the, the the narrative would have changed if they they would have well, won. Well, the narrative would, changes every week with whoever wins and loses. That, that's true. And sometimes as a quarterback, I mean, you're going to have a, a rough patch. You're going to have some some rough games. You're going to have a rough stretch. You have to play through it. And you got to let this guy mature. You can't have, have another guy breathing down his neck. You know, he's already said that he was uncomfortable, a little nervous when, when Tony Robo actually came back and was on the sidelines. You can't compound that by saying, oh, well, you know, we'll we'll just have to see. You know, he gave his, okay. his hustler so, defense. So watch out. Jones gave his hustler uh, defense of, of the situation, talking about, you know, I don't know, but, I mean, you know, you know it when you see it kind of thing. Yeah, but, you know, this is how I feel about that situation. Do you go down with the ship with, with Dak Prescott? Did no win, lose, or draw? Do, or do you pull this this veteran off? off you can't change at, at this time of the year without okay. some kind of injury. But, again, I mean, the narrative may change again because, again, say if they struggle again, and I suspect that they will struggle again offensively, even if they're able to beat the Buccaneers. I don't see an offensive explosion. So what if they put up another 10, maybe 17 points? Well, they're not the Texans. They don't average 17 points a game, 20, 20-something points a game. So they're going to score more. That's just that's just the reality of it. They're going to have they're going to bounce back. They, they may they, not. Not against Tampa Bay. I'm I mean, high Tampa on Tampa Bay. Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay is a, is a surging team. They're playing well. Uh, but I mean, the Cowboys will get the stuff, get their their ship back on back on track. We'll have to look at that. Well, on the AFC side, Tom Brady and the Patriots dissected Baltimore last night. So yep. again, you look at you look at that situation, and you like I have not been a believer in in the Patriots this year. I, I just don't think I like know. the personnel. Uh, you see, Julian Edelman start to get more involved. Hogan had a big play. Uh, Bennett, who I really like, A-Leaf Texas. Uh, A-Leaf Taylor, baby. SWAT, Southwest A-Leaf Texas, baby. Yes, and that's our regional bias right there. Uh, and our city bias. And uh, your neighborhood bias. Right. I'm South Park. but Nobody I, cares. Yeah, well. Hey, About people, either of us. No, no, well, yeah, they will. One day, one day. Now, look, I mean, they can go to, you know how they go back and look at the old houses and and you, they have they when they do a retrospective mm-hmm. and they go look at old houses. Wow, the our, of you know, no, yeah, our house they they have card parties. It's a gambling shack now. It, it really is. I don't <laughs> I believe. I don't know that you know that or not. I've seen a lot of people at that old house, but a lot of people and they cut down the tree. It's oh, anyway, yeah. 
Yeah, I can get sidetracked on that. So the Patriots rolling. Tom Brady, and Tom Brady just gets away. and He gets away with things that other guys can't get away with. And that tells you all you need to know about our culture. No, it's not a race thing. It's a culture of winning. And I'm oh, telling you. Well, I mean, that's true. Yeah, no, no. It's a culture of winning. He had a little tantrum last night on the sideline, and all you heard was he cares that much he cares that's how much he cares that's how much work he puts into it again and that that gets on my nerves man it really does like so nobody else wants to win but tom brady no one else no one else works as hard as tom brady Uh, you know the best quarterback in the nfl i'm not but no 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 who's the best quarterback in the nfl tom brady how many? He's like fourteen touchdowns, two interceptions, somewhere, somewhere in that ballpark. That's not my point, though. My my what? point is okay. But let me ask you this. Let me ask good you. Good is this. good. I it, I played, and I know, and you know, some scrubs who would outwork you. They were absolute gym rats. They worked harder. Right. They worked year round. They dreamed it. They drank raw eggs. They did whatever they had to do. They towed cars. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> changed their backs. So, and it, it, it did not help them play ball. So, yes, he's the best quarterback in the game, but that doesn't automatically mean he's the best only because he wants it more. Okay, I think that, that is such a stupid cliche. Well, I mean, you can say that in the context of he's went, won four Super Bowls, he's got all these MVP trophies. And he has cheated. <laughs> and we know well, that. Well, like you care that they cheated. I do care. You care that they, they cut some corners? You really care? You of all people, well, if you're not cheating, who told me when I was in Little League, if you're not cheating, you're not trying? Well, yeah, I, and I got that from somebody else, but I will say this, because it's them, and because I never, I thought they never should have got that first Super Bowl over the Rams. But but, but you go against, you, you talk about this Tom Brady, you go against this Tom Brady, you, you kind of condemn the media and people that talk about Tom it's Brady. Just that he, but but you let know me that, ask you this, let me ask you this. Do you think that everybody on the football team should be treated the exact same? No. Okay, it's the same thing. No, 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 if no. Wins, if he goes and he yells at somebody and he throws three touchdowns and they win the game, then that's 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 uh, that's inspiring. When 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 Philip Rivers goes and he yells at people and gets all fired up, but he throws five interceptions and and although he throws for six hundred yards, but he threw five interceptions and they lose. Then that's reckless. Or, or, you define it by or, winning. There are something worse. I, I just don't. I to me, it just really annoys the hell out of me that that he, it's oh, just you like use hell. Yeah, I know. That's number two. We need two. a swear jar. Number two. No, this is why you had a podcast <laughs> so I can say hell. Remember, that's how I opened up the first one. I can now say hell. Still, I, and I want to. Yeah, I know you don't like that. No. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so, yeah, so, nice. no, I just, you know, it just, you know, this whole John Wayne thing, you know, <laughs> where it just, somehow he's just this angelic figure. I mean, they win a lot of games. He's playing for the best coach probably ever. But why is he the best coach? Because, because he, he wins. Because he's quarterback. Well, I mean, chicken or the egg on that. Well, if you I mean, because he went I mean, to look at him before he got there, before he had Tom Brady. Well, but again, he was a, you know, if you look at the documentaries and saying, well, hey, he was on the come in Cleveland. What killed Cleveland was that they moved, moved to Baltimore. Right. And, and actually, that team was moving in the right direction. So, again, right coach, right player at the time. I wonder how long Belichick will will coach after Tom Brady. Do you, I wonder, do you think at some point he'll want to say, wait a minute, I don't want to give – he doesn't strike me as this kind of guy, but maybe he is. 
I, I don't want to give the credit to Tom Brady for what a great coach I am. Do you I, don't, think I, don't, I don't think he worries about that. I think he worries. I think he loves football. I mean, if, like you say, you look at the documentary, he started off as an intern and getting coffee. And he, he started off from the very lo- the lowest of the low on the totem pole. And, I, and he worked his way up. And I think he, he has confidence in what he's learned and what he's done in the NFL, apart from any player. To say to have the confidence to say, okay, I know what I've done, and I think he'll continue to coach after Tom Brady. I think he he loves football too much. Well, we'll see how that goes, but let's get that down to your oh, we had the the big brother little, little brother poll, right? And, and we get into the AFC South a little bit, saying who did you think would win the AFC South? Big brother said the Tennessee Titans, and the little brother said the Houston Texans. The poll went my way. Now, but again, the majority of the votes were cast before Sunday's games, where. Tennessee, hey, a tough win versus Denver. Denver is still, I don't care what you say about them, one of the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah, but they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. They they may. They may. They, they, they play Kansas City. Let's uh, see right then now. They, they play Oakland. Right. Right now, they are the sixth seed as we as we we speak. New England is the first seed. Kansas City number two. Pittsburgh three. Houston is four. Oakland five. And Denver is six. I have not made it a secret that I think I haven't. Go, I don't know if I've gone all the way out on them. I think I have by now. I get confused with all these shows that I'm doing. But I, Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl in the AFC. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to really like Pittsburgh. I mean, you look at Le'Veon Bell, two, 200 yards rushing in, in the snow. and Okay, just, but so you can have that type of discussion. But sort of let's forecast how these games would look. So if it, if it happened now, the, the bye week would be Kansas City would get, have a bye week. New England would get New England would get a bye week, Kansas City a bye week. The division the games would be hosted by the, – the wild card weekend would be hosted by Pittsburgh – Pittsburgh would host Denver, which mm-hmm. that is a, a heck of a game right now. We still three weeks. Denver out. has no offense. Well, they're they're struggling, but if they can get the running game going, and which and they so, haven't, and so, uh, and then Oakland would come to Houston. I think so. Let, a, let, let's let let's let's. So you would take obviously Pittsburgh over Denver, right? Right, obviously. And then you would that then you would take Oakland over Houston. Or? I'd actually take Houston over Oakland. If you look at that game okay, in Mexico okay. City, it was so, a pretty close game. Okay. So. so now you go. Now you have uh, under your scenario, you would have Houston go to New England, mm-hmm. which again that's, that's a loss. Yeah. So that's like putting New England in the, in the AFC Championship game, and you would have Kansas City hosting Pittsburgh. That would be a really That'd good be game. A really good game. I'm I'm the only thing that takes that really if this could change up a little bit and, and really New England would have a tougher uh, a, a, and they may be the number two seed before it's all said and done. So what if they fall to to a, a two seed? Say if they lose to Denver this this week, which won't happen. I mean we don't know. I mean a lot of football they they have to go to Denver. So say, say they lose that game somehow just whatever magically. Let me Denver wave my just wand. Lost to Tennessee. Okay, but, okay. but let me wave okay, my wand. Wave your magic wand. Okay. I mean because week to week things change. Mm-hmm. And, and again, where was that game? The game was in Tennessee. So. I mean, no so, one is talking about the home field advantage of Tennessee. But Tennessee is on the come, and Tennessee could easily be in the playoffs if Houston falters. I think that last game may come down to uh, Tennessee and Houston. I'm still taking Tennessee to win it. So you plug them into four seed, and things look a little bit different because they can run the football pretty pretty solid defense. So now you're looking at a, a divisional round of of Pittsburgh at. Actually, Houston, I mean, you would have Pittsburgh at Kansas City. 
So you under that scenario, Kansas City would have to go to New England, and that would be hard for them to go on the road and win. Yep. And that would put New England back in the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. I'm going to go a different way and say maybe they falter. Maybe maybe they falter. And, or maybe Because you know, if they host Houston, I don't give Houston a chance. I don't either. If they host Pittsburgh, I, all of a sudden, I give Pittsburgh a, a punch's chance. But you know, we, we, can't we, count we, out, we cannot count out. Uh, you know, Baltimore. Baltimore is still in the mix. Baltimore. Baltimore has to win out. They're they're pretty much done. You you look at, but you talk about the Patriots. The Patriots. Legarrette Blunt is like number three in rushing in the NFL. So they have a, a competent running game to to complement. Yeah, yeah, he's out there. That's that's an indictment of the running backs because not you have. Uh, Elliot one, Demarco Murray two, and and you saying Blunt is three? But Gary Blunt was three last week for sure. Okay, yeah, before last week. Yeah, well, and I know Bell was out with injury, so. But again, Bell is 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 you know. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott was only leading. He only had about twelve hundred yards. Yeah, to yeah. lead the NFL. So I mean, it's not like you know they're tearing it up. The running backs are tearing it up. Yeah, I mean that's the evolution of the game. But I mean, there's some good matchups, and again, obviously with three weeks left. There's some, a lot of football left to play. On the flip side, on the NFC side, when you talk about Dallas and uh, Dallas is a little, little shaky. Right now, they would have a bye week along with Detroit, which scares nobody. Seattle would host Tampa Bay, which is not – that would be – That's a scary game. That's a scary game. And the Giants would go to Atlanta. So now, all of a but sudden, the Seahawks are, are horrible on the road. They play really well at home. I think they've either undefeated or only lost one game at home. So that that home field advantage is a real thing for Seattle. Well, and then they, they take on the Rams. I think Thursday night that'll be a, a win for them. So I think which Richard Sherman was blasting the league about these Thursday night games. Well, again. he should. I don't like the Thursday night games. I really wish that they would do away with Thursday night games. I think I think what he's doing, and because he always blasts NFL, I think he's really trying to set himself up for. For uh, uh, players commit a union rep, or a union something? rep. Yes. I, yeah. who, who is the union rep? He may already. Troy Vincent is no, 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 no not no. Troy Vincent. Um, in poor Seattle, each team has one. Right, but I'm saying as far as like the Troy, he wants to be like the main guy. Oh, you know that's I mean in in there yes, with Maurice yes. Smith and Demar Smith, Demar Smith, yeah, Maurice, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was he'd be happy with you. Although, like I said, they've done a horrible job of negotiating their collective bargaining. I want to get into some baseball, their collective bargaining, Okay, uh, or maybe a little bit later. But, but again, now you look at a situation where, say, if Tampa Bay upset Seattle, now you have Tampa going to Dallas. Now there may be a rematch uh, this upcoming game on Sunday. We'll see. What, but I'm, Tampa's not a team you want to comfortably, uh, you really want to play. No, Tampa's really been playing well. Uh, like you said, that defense is playing well. You know, uh, Jameis Winston has really been hooking up with uh, with uh, Mike uh, Evans. Mike Evans, yeah. Evans from Galveston, Texas. I know, he played at, at Texas a I know, he was, I couldn't think of his last name. Michael Evans, Mike Evans, come on. Oh, the justice of the, I mean, the... Uh, the Supreme Court Justice. Oh. <laughs> you want to be a Supreme Court Justice? Come on. Okay, no, let me tell you this. Okay. Good times. All right, I will say this is that we get sidetracked here. Okay, do you, Good do, times. do you know who Susan, uh, Susan Olsen is? Mm-hmm. No, you don't. No, I don't. She's Cindy Brady. Okay. Oh, she she died, right? She no. She did not, not die. Florence, no, Florence Henderson, Henderson died. died. That's right. Rest in peace, Florence. I like how serious she got. All due respect. So, um,. <laughs> What was it? It was uh, it, she used to advertise for a grease cooking oil. 
I okay. said, Wesson, Wesson. Maybe they were, no, she was 80 something years old. So. <laughs> Where are you I was going say, with this? Maybe they Wesson got to her. <laughs> you advertise cooking oil. Oh, she died of a heart attack? I don't said, know. All of her fried food because oh, from no. her lifetime supply of Wesson. But anyway, <laughs> Susan Olsen, who plays Cindy Brady, Got fired from a from a radio show, which I never know she was on a radio. Okay, which she's more popular as a fired radio host than she was as a active radio host. She got into some uh, into it with somebody politically. It was a politically based show. Mm -hmm. Now I know that this joke will fall flat, especially for you, but she <laughs> she got fired, and I so I posed the question on Twitter, and, and I need a I need a rim shot for this one, so. I said, where is Susan Olsen now? And then I said, she sells seashells by the seashore. And now you have no idea what that uh, means. Was this like her? <laughs> it was in an episode about her learning to talk or something. Right. Like, baby talk, that, baby talk. That is horrible. That well, is a horrible I'm telling joke. you, man, I am the king of obscure references. If, if you know that episode, you would have found that really funny at the time. Now that I have retold the story, it's not as funny it's, as it was it to me. It had to be there. And if you've had a couple cocktails, I think you will go back and reminisce and laugh at that. But I'm that is really funny. She sells seashells by the seashore. <laughs> and there you are celebrating another person losing a job. Oh, uh, well, no, no. It was really, really fun. Speaking of that, I want to get into some black exploitation trivia. At the end of the show, want to get maybe you and Eddie in on, uh -huh. on uh, real movies versus fake movies. And I, I'll need a second or two to, to get that ready. But we, and we have our our dance break. I can't. I, I'm looking for my DJ. I, you know, DJs are not what they used to be. You know what I mean? I where where is you know? I need you know DJ Red Alert. Somebody you know. I've been watching actually the Netflix uh, show about the evolution of hip hop. It's really interesting. Well, I was there. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you were in New York. Go you're ahead in and, the Bronx. Go yeah, ahead right. and go ahead and catch up. You know, you were in the those Bronx. Of, I'm, I'm I sorry. was a rapper, I you, bro. I didn't know you were hanging out with Cool Herc. Sorry. Hey man, look, hey. I was I was a up and coming rapper. <laughs> I've heard you. I was there and I don't. Your you don't really skills. appreciate how good I was. I don't. I was really good. No one appreciates how really good. I left you the are. game, bro. Okay. I left the game. Or did the game leave you? No, the game did not leave me. I left the game, mm, man. Okay. It got to be about money and, and not about the art. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, I was dedicated to the art, and With it your got too Casio. Yes, I had a Casio keyboard. And we were going and it wood shopping. Even a full keyboard. It but was... that's okay. I used to make beats. You can make beats off of that thing, man. Bossa Nova. So anyway, let's get back to the NFC really <laughs> quickly. Okay, so anyway, I say all that to say you could have some very interesting matchups. And all of this is hypothetical because we still have three more games. The bottom line is who's the okay, who who is the hottest team that you will bet on right now in the AFC? The Steelers, the one for one in a row. More than New England. More than New England. Okay, yeah. and, I mean, and, as far and for as me, hottest right now, yeah, for sure. For me, I'm rolling. I'm still rolling with Kansas City. I'm rolling with Kansas City. I like Tariq uh, Hill, what he's doing, what he's added. Macklin is getting back into it. I hate the loss of Derek Johnson. Uh, of course, he's out for the year with an Achilles tendon injury, uh, replaced by DJ Alexander. So we'll have to see uh, what happens. 
Kansas uh, City just lacks explosiveness. I mean, now they have Tyreek Hill. He's been he's, he's yeah, providing explosive plays. Yeah, and I wish Jamal plays, Charles but. was healthy, man. That yeah. would get him a whole thing. But I'm still I'm gonna ride or die with Kansas City. So Chiefs fans, I want to say hello to everybody listening in what Kansas and Missouri and even parts of Nebraska. You have the worst airport in America. I've been to that airport. I flew into the airport it's a couple the worst. times. It's some bad airports. No, it's I, the LaGuardia worst. LaGuardia was really bad. It's the worst. Oh, you, I, I don't. You see, you like, have to, you have to go through like you if you want to get something to eat or something to drink, you have to go outside of security and then come back in and check in through security. Mm. It, they have security at every gate. It is horrible. Well, no, you this you control the narrative. It's the safest no, input. So, okay, in the NFC, who are you afraid of? Who are you afraid of in the N- NFC? Um, it's not Seattle, and that's my Super Bowl pick for, for the NFC. But, again, they're struggling on the road. They'll have at least one road game boring, something happening. Should we be paying more attention to Detroit? Because two teams I have not paid attention to at all and take serious because I really kind of take the Giants seriously because it – I think more based on the tradition and how they seem to round in the shape, uh, always round in the shape around this time of year traditionally. But it's a different coaching staff. so you I mean, it's a different thing. But still, you know, a big win at home versus Dallas, and maybe they're riding the ship. Oh, you do have Odell Beckham uh, as explosive a guy, probably the most explosive guy in the NFC, maybe Julio Jones. You know, it's Odell Beckham. He has mm-hmm. more catches over 60 yards and over 48 right. yards than anybody. So, so who is your team that you will be afraid of right now? If you will, if the hot hand. I would say Tampa Bay. I mean, they're winning tough games. They they have an impressive defense. Can you imagine if they beat Dallas? That That's going to be a whale of a game to watch Sunday. Yeah. That's going to be a big, big deal. So there you have it. I, Eddie Robinson, uh, when he joins us, we'll, we'll get more into some of those discussions as well. Talking about uh, Major League Baseball, a lot of hot stove stuff, and I want to have a guest in to really chop these things up. Also, before I leave the NFL, NFL going to London for four games. This is an op- a next season. And this is my opportunity to say again how much I hate the fact that the NFL is playing in London. You don't. Want, I'm telling you, you the things that I say that is like Nostradamus like. Oh, okay. <laughs> like when I say these things, mm-hmm. remember that I said them. I just if you globalize the game and you minimize the the fan base, the local fan bases. I'm telling you, man. You look up, we'll have penalty kick. <laughs> soccer, soccer is the most. I'm mo- telling you. The, the, they get paid the most. It's the most I don't, popular around okay, the world. And, and, and nobody in America watches it. And I don't care. Well, that's every you time, don't have the best product. Every time you have any discussion about everything, they talk about, well, it's the highest ratings ever. They say that about baseball. Baseball didn't have the swag. It didn't have the juice. It didn't have the sauce. Even though, <laughs> even though that's the thing now, by the way. What? The sauce. Uh, baseball doesn't add a sauce even though they're coming off a very saucy and explosive World Series with the Cubs. (laughs) I like your wordplay Yes, yes. I mean, they really are. Uh, They lose Dexter Fowler. I will go over a few hot stove things. Uh, Of course, Chris Sale is going Chris Sale going to Boston for four players. Dodgers sign Rich Hill. Wade Davis is going to the Cubs but the Cubs also lose Dexter Fowler who goes to their rival, their hated rival and the St. Louis Cardinals, five years, $86 million. Carlos Beltran is uh, uh, Astro again after 12 years. And, of course, uh, a big, big deal with Aroldis Chapman going back, going right back to the Yankees. So all uh, all of that went on. But baseball has this no-bullying thing where now the players can't dress in drag. 
which is a rite of passage in baseball. But I've never seen I've never seen video of a player, a baseball player, in duress or sad, or upset, or or fighting mad. Well, you I, know, I, that you has know. to do with the whole lesbian, gay movement kind of thing. Is I think that what they, that's about? I think so. I mean, because that, that you know, you have a Caitlyn Jenner, you had a, you know, men dressing up as women, and that's supposed to be funny. But aren't, and, they, just, aren't they more, like, famous? Well, uh, I don't know. I would have to look into the hazing. This is where you make news. I don't like I, the hazing. I think, you, I think they make more news by having a policy like this than they would have had had the policy never been t- like if you never would have mentioned it no who is really like protesting this this is not a thing like well the a- well the thing about it is a couple of things the ap is the one who put it out which you know i kind of think about this but they, somebody they be hiding something you know because a lot of times you, you you put out something that'll get everybody's attention and then you slide like three other things you know by and that don't get noticed because you got this one thing that everybody's focusing on so i think it may be something it may be we might find out something in this collective bargaining agreement that some some things that we really don't like that we won't notice until you know maybe a couple weeks before the season yeah but i, I don't know i, I just think that but it's, i don't it's like not- hazing in general I don't mind hazing. I don't. I mean, hazing. I don't want to like kill somebody and make them eat something out of a toilet. Like you know, the Rangers had the thing a couple years ago where they had the they sodomized a sixteen year old kid. What the, the Rangers minor league system? There was a kid. No, who, no, that's a crime. That's not hazing. I mean, I understand that, but it was under the guise of hazing. I mean, you had yeah, to stuff that I mean, happened the, the, the at fam, you. Yeah, I know. But no, I mean, it, it, no, no, but that's not. No, you're talking about criminal. See, now there's a separation, and this is this is the kind of political be, correct no, stuff that but, gets on my nerves. Because it becomes it, hazing becomes criminal when you take no. it too far. Okay, anything becomes criminal. I can go have a drink at the bar, but if I have seventeen of them, that's criminal, uh, and they get behind the wheel of a car. So again, that, right? Uh, you know, there, this, this stuff was say, this stuff was harmless, and I mean, again, it is what it is, and they'll find another way to haze. Again, I say that uh, hazing has become a criminal word, but I, I'm not talking about criminal behavior. I'm talking about things you do to, to sort of indoctrinate and have fun with with rookies. Now. I mean, I know a lot of teams got away from, oh, we need our rookies. We're not going to haze them. But I think it's a humbling thing. It, it's a rite of passage. It's a, a way of saying, hey, it, because, again, in, in basketball and in football, you and, and even in baseball, you get these young guys to make all this money. They don't want to listen. They, they, they'll be uh, above the law. And I think things like this humble them and make them a part. I think it makes the team closer, and it bring it, it brings some humility to some of these I guys. I think it's stupid. I think it's grown men. I mean, you're talking about well, a locker room. Grown men. No, no, man, a sports locker room will be a sports locker room. I don't care if it's 80 years. I mean, that's that's true, but that doesn't mean that you should you, you, know, you should allow it. Okay, but you know from being in the locker room. It is a culture unto itself. It's unlike any other place in the world. It used to be the, well, like a safe, one of the safest places, uh, places in the world for what do you mean for a lot of politically incorrect stuff. You don't miss the locker room culture. Uh, I mean, I miss, I miss the not. The, I, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the culture, but just the camaraderie of, of the. That's the part team of the culture. And, and, but that's not. A, I mean, that's just about the players and the individuals. It's not about oh, I feel close to you because when I was a freshman, you beat no, me up no, or no, something no. stupid like that. No, it's dumb. I mean, well, I, I mean that one. I just, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I mean that. Now again, criminal behavior is criminal behavior, and it should be punished. And I think some of the stuff that the, some of these frats around the country have done and are doing, uh, that's too much. It's, it's way, way too much. That's why you have this to say, is, this look, is, this is this unnecessary. This is nothing like that. This is nothing like that. But it doesn't add anything to the game. It doesn't okay, add anything to the, the bottom game. line. It does. It is about the if game. If it didn't add, they wouldn't do it. Yes, it, they would because it's okay. stupid. Okay. 
Well, I, yeah, I mean, think, there's, there's a whole bunch of things you do just because you do them and you don't realize why and you're just used to doing them. No, that's no, no. Again, I just explained to you why I thought that it is. And we'll get a take from an NFL guy who was in a NFL locker room. No, I don't think making, a, you know, a rookie like they do in the NFL, making the rookies carry your pads. At, you know, I don't think that anything is necessarily wrong with that. Uh, well, we will get a take from an NFL guy because on this, I think I'll defer. We can defer, but we can still. I'll defer to his opinion. Yeah, well, let him explain it to you. So, with that, want to get into some NBA stuff. Hottest team in the NBA right now, the Houston Rockets. Rockets. Yeah, go ahead. The Houston Rockets and the Memphis Memphis Grizzlies. They're both riding a a seven-game winning streak. Uh, I mean, the Rockets are, are looking amazing. Uh, and and in a way that it, it, they make it look easy. I mean, they 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 are having fun, and they the the chemistry looks looks uh, looks good as opposed to other years. Uh, so I mean, th- these guys are, are playing well. They're chunking it. They're shooting it. Um, James Harden seems relaxed uh, on the court. He doesn't seem to be really forcing the issue, forcing forcing things. He's getting his teammates involved. He's he's you know he's having an MVP type type of season, and, and so he's. I mean, well, he's, I would yeah, and, and I will. Repeat my pledge. I, Devin Wade, from Houston, Texas, and my team has no chance to win the NBA Finals. I don't believe that. And that's okay. I don't believe that. Because if you look, that's like saying when the Rockets won it, they didn't have a chance. When they won it back in the day, they ha- had a chance because they had one of the, one of the greatest players to ever play this game. And, Harden and is Har- not that. Harden is having a really good season. He's he having can, an MVP. He can really carry MVP. a team. Yeah, but he can't carry him past Kevin Durant. And 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 you're not talking about the the Golden State Warriors of last year who could defend. Okay, you have a Barbosa. <laughs> who, had, how can uh, they outscore? How can they outscore they Golden did. State? Okay, in the regular season in right. the game. Okay, and and guess who just uh, who else almost beat them the other night? Minnesota game fits into the last part of that game. That being said, I don't think Golden State is shaking in their boots. So you the, know the, the the Rockets have a a team that each player has a defined role. They know who the star is. They know who the shooters are. They know what the rotation is. They know what their responsibilities are. And when you have that on a team, it is very freeing. It's very uh, organized. You know what your job is. You know what, what what your responsibility is. And it's easy to go out, go out and carry it out. And that and about $5,000 will get you a seat at the NBA Finals. Uh, with that, it's time for a dance break. And so I'm going to play a little bit of music for you guys. When we come back, I'm going to have Eddie Robinson uh, get involved in the conversation. A couple of things. Uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, on, on Facebook on the, the Friday. I host a music show here in Houston. It's the Friday Express, the TFE family, the Friday Express group on Facebook, if you want to be a part of that. And we're doing the 30-day music challenge. And okay, I, I do it is- really, really quickly. I'll go through, through these, the first three or four days for you. For day one, name a song with a number in it, really quickly. Oh, seven whole days. Seven, good choice. I went 17 days by print. But there were a lot of great answers to that. Day two, name a song with a color in it. Uh, lady in Red. Woman Good. in red. And woman in red. Lady in red. Mm. Both of the two Red songs. wine. Red, red wine. Okay, I did uh, Blue Monday. By, by, okay, that's a good one. Um, then the other one was a, today was, today was the song, name a song uh, that reminds you of somebody that you want to forget. Uh, man, that's. I went with the song, well, I went with a couple of them. I went with the song from The Apprentice, Donald Trump show, because <laughs> I want to block out the last 18 months in the next four years. So yeah, that that was one way I went, and then the, the when I went to the real song, I went with 
uh, Carl Thomas, I wish I never met. That's her. a good one. Yeah, that's. that's well, no, good. I'm talking about. No, I'm. It was. It's personal to me. Is it? Uh, what's a personal song for you? I wish somebody, I never met her. Is a pretty good one. Uh, so when you hear that song, that makes you remember somebody you want to forget. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, you know what? You know what? Uh, Lost without you. That makes me think of somebody that I I don't want to remember. Okay. Uh, so there you have it. Music break coming up on the other side. Are you gonna stick around a little bit? No. Yeah, yeah. I'll stick okay. around for a little bit. Maybe. Uh, NFL linebacker and friend of the show Eddie Robinson join us. Get your dance on. You're tuned into the sports talk with Devin. bringing in NFL veteran. How many years? How many years? Uh, uh, I think about 11 years uh, when, you, I, when uh, I add them all up. You you know how many many years, how many games I would well, imagine. You know, how many they, games? When, when they mail that pension check, which I haven't started getting yet, then now I know exactly how many years. Are you part of the lawsuit <laughs> yet? The the class action? Well, not, Wait, a, not officially. I was talking to a guy about that today. And, and with the class action, to me, the categories are, I mean, you almost have to be getting, you have to be in a wheelchair. So, I mean, you got to... I wouldn't say that by some of the people I know who are in it. <laughs> yeah, in it and getting in it and getting money is two different things. Right, right. <laughs> so you got to qualify for it, but they're just starting it. Uh, a lot of the, neck braces running around the NFL yeah. uh, alumni association. I think it. I think it's a lot more guys have physical ailments as far as knees, joints, arthritis, yeah. as opposed to the actual you know headache ailments. Now there's mm-hmm. a lot of guys like that too, but I think that comes on a little later in life. So. The good thing about the lawsuit, the concussion lawsuit, is that it kind of prepares you. If you ever do have one of those type of conditions, it takes care of you and your family. If it, even if it's you know post uh, post career down the line. Well, I go both ways with it, and, and I didn't mean to talk to you about this, but this I go both. Yeah, I, I go both <laughs> ways with my thoughts on it. Some people say, "Look, take the deal as it is," and other people say, "This is a bad deal." Now, the ones that say take it and say, "Hey, look, man." You can fight this thing for another 15 years. In the meantime, you got guys that, that'll die and never get anything. Uh, get whatever you can get now. I, I go back and forth with that. I mean, because it's not it's it's not nearly enough when you think about how many guys will probably have to receive some kind of compensation from this. Right. I, I think it's a horrible deal, personally, just from the standpoint of the amount of money and benefits and the fact that the NFL never actually had to go to court and sit down and say, hey, we actually knew that concussions you know were a cause of football it's kind of like the the tobacco makers they right. still never said that cigarettes cause cancer right, know, they just right. paid the money and it all went away and then you know put warnings on the package and stuff like that and that's kind of the same thing the nfl has done they've never actually admitted that hey we knew that this could cause brain injury and we didn't warn the players now, 99% of those players, probably including myself, would have still played. Right. But you had a legal obligation to tell those guys. But 
you know, from the standpoint of take the money now, I agree with that also because, like you said, you had those pre-60s and 50 players. I mean, those guys are at an age, and, and with the salaries that they made, there's no way that they could have enough money saved from football to take right. care of their career. I mean, a lot of those interest. guys had jobs in the offseason. Absolutely, you had to. And so I think from that standpoint, I think the, the current players and even the guys with me, because I'm like the post-Reggie White. I came in 1992 Right when the free agency started, so I was right. you know had a good birthday. It was still like you know we we made enough money and 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 especially now where guys can save enough and in insurance and stuff like that. But a lot of those guys, it's no way. Even if you'd have took their salary and they would have spent nothing, they still wouldn't have had enough right. money to take care of them for a long time. So. Right, and I, I do want to ask you this since we're on this topic. Uh, youth football and the direction of football. I mean, a lot of people think that it'll be passe in a couple of generations. It'll go away. I had one time thought that that would never be the deal. I, I saw something where they were trying to ban. I talked about banning football in Texas. I'm like, get it's, out it's, of here. It's not here. going away in Texas. Get trust me. out of here. <laughs> like, for real. What do you, you mean, you have young kids, and I know they're involved in sports. What do you, What's your take on their involvement in football, do you want them to play football? Um, what do you What do you think? Well, I think with the NFL, they're doing a great job with the Heads Up Football Program, and, they, and they're really reaching a lot of the youth organizations. Most of the – because most of you, I coach baseball, but most of my baseball kids play football. And I know a lot of the youth football coaches. And talking to them, a lot of them are certified with the Heads Up Football Program. So I think if you go out into the community and teach the coaches and the parents, you know, how to correctly play the sport, I mean, you can help make it – a safer sport. Every you could play basketball, soccer, badminton, right. chess, checkers, whatever you want to play. They said it more. Yeah, they I mean, I, I could smack the ball hard at you, break your nose. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, always a chance of injury. But what you're trying to do is reduce the likelihood of an injury, and that's all you can do. So you wouldn't have a problem with your kids uh, eventually playing football? No, my son plays. He's in 11th grade, so he's been playing since ninth grade. My, my my middle son is probably a track guy. My younger son is 12, and he's going to more than likely play football at some point. I mean, they all started playing flag football, soccer, right. and stuff like that. So I, I think uh, it's the it goes with the youth coaches and then the parents. You have to be a concerned parent. You can't just, you know, I don't think my mom came. She came to all of my football games as a kid. I can't remember her ever coming to a practice. You know, we walked to the park. Right. Coach just coached you. You walk back home. Right. <laughs> Try not to get your equipment stolen on the way back. Right, you know? right, right. But now it's like the parents have to be involved. You have to be there, meet the coach, Hell see what he's doing. Parents. Yeah, yeah. You, so and, and I think the parents that I see are actually involved. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of participation Too involved. Here. Yeah. Too involved. <laughs> they want to call plays. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I, I heard, and I may have mentioned this to you before, there was a, a, a little league team this many years ago. And a parent went to the coach upset and said that their kid was not getting enough touches. And we're talking about like eight-year-olds. And I'm like, look, I have no tolerance for that kind of foolishness. And so, you know, one, one thing about our father, Biscuit and our dad, he didn't let me play until like middle school because he didn't want somebody who was a longshoreman coaching me in the right. afternoon. He may have, <laughs> you know, have alcohol in his breath and he don't know what he's doing. And he's trying to be Vince Lombardi on a Wednesday. My non-fandom of, of of Jeff Fisher comes from the fact that he ended uh, the the run and shoot, and that really ended an era, a really a long run from the from the what, what was it the red gun? No, it was the was it the red gun? What was it before? It, before it was run and shoot, it was something else with Miles Davis and. You know, Detroit had the silver stretch, but it was called something well, else. You know, Buddy Ryan called it the Chuck and Duck. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, as a defensive player on that team, I think Cody Carlson ended the running shoot, to be honest. <laughs> Once they traded Warren Moon, right. the guy, William, uh, William Fuller, 
Yeah, right. Sean Jones. Sean left. Okay. I mean, we was a shell of a team. Then well, it was, then they, it, they then didn't it was Commander Cody who uh. got hurt in the first game in Indianapolis. Then it was Billy Joe Tolliver. Then right. it was Bucky Richardson. Bucky. I'm, I'm sure we were the only team in NFL history to have three quarterbacks from the Southwest Conference. <laughs> <laughs> and all three of them started. <laughs> so, so you said, I don't well, know. He I, came you... back and started running the football. Look at the guys he had trying to throw the football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, let the know, record show now. <laughs> well, and, I, and I actually, you know, at the time. But that was before it, Steve McNair. We, yeah, right. We, we went 2-14 and 14 to get Steve McNair. So. Well, here's the deal. Here was, here was the problem with, okay, now, and I have to admit this historically. I supported the end of the Warm Moon era. Really? And I'll tell so you, you what. You was, a, you was a Commander Cody fan? No, 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 no. Go not, ahead. No. Tell me, tell me no, the truth. This, this Did is he have the, a Commander Cody fan? No, no. no I, don't, I don't think he was a Commander Cody guy. I mean, everybody was kind of sick and tired of Warm Moon. No, no. I was yeah. not sick and tired. No, no, I was not sick and tired. Matter of fact, I went to his final press conference. I took a picture with him. I was always a Warm fan. And, and but I thought that just like with like other quarterbacks like the Donovan McNabb era, when it you get to a plateau and you know you can't go any further, where they blew it was they didn't get enough value in return for Warren. I thought that they could have gotten a lot more value. So my my vantage point, looking back twenty years ago, was that you know Warren, you know he was never going to win the, the the Super Bowl here. Let's get what we can for him and kind of reload and see what we could get. Not that necessarily even Cody would have been that guy, but if you're able to keep enough of those pieces around you, you remember you're talking about an era where eight, nine guys were going to Pro Bowl every year. Yeah, well, I, I and I, when I think about it, I guess you can say that because if you look at what did they get for Warren Moon? Not four, much. Four, it was a fourth yeah, round Yeah, it pick, was like not much they because draft, they drafted a cornerback. I can't remember his name, but I remember Steve Jackson would always give him a hard time. Man, and, and you was what we got for Warren Moon. <laughs> so, so he, but he wasn't a good cornerback, whoever he was. I remember that. Sean Salisbury came out after that, too. Oh, that was, uh, yeah. that now, was, now, you know what? Sean was Salisbury was a nice guy. He wasn't a good quarterback, but he was a really cool guy in the locker room. So right. don't talk about Sean. He, he was a funny guy, right? You know, and maybe he was so funny because he couldn't play that good. <laughs> right. So he kept us entertained. And then after that, you had Chris. Uh, I forgot his guy name. Chris. He didn't. I don't know. Chris Chandler. Chris Chandler. Yeah, ex- Chris Chandler actually was pretty good. No, he was not pretty. He good. He was just banged up. He beat Chris up. Chandler refused he to. Chris Chandler refused to come out the locker room in Pittsburgh. That's when the whole team lost. Now, this this like behind the scenes though. So it's right. like we we got a chance. We like six and six and seven, something like that. Six and eight. You know, we right. gotta we gotta basically win the last couple games, the last three games. We still in the playoffs, so we up in Pittsburgh, and it's the Bam Morris, you know, word. So they got a pretty good team. Maybe the year they went to the Super Bowl, actually, I think with uh, when they played the Cowboys. Correct, yeah. So we we were in the game, we were playing hard, and so we come out the locker room. We don't have a quarterback. We like where's Chris? Oh, coach, he's in there. He has the flu. The flu. <laughs> it's like like granted, it's snowing outside. OJ might have been on the sideline. Right, right, right. But I'm like the flu. So so Jeff Fisher like get him out here, make him sit on the sideline if he has the flu because he played the first half. So it has that illusion of you didn't want to come out. Now granted, they had Greg Lloyd. You know, they had Chad with the kid, Chad, the other linebacker. Yeah, from, uh, from Colorado. Colorado right. Yeah, uh, the Kevin Green, the wrestler. I mean, they had some players, some horses up there, you know. Right. So, I mean, I could understand, but it was, it was that that's a whole different story. But, I mean, getting back to Jeff Fisher, I mean, I think, uh, you know, obviously 
he hasn't won enough. I mean, you can't argue with the Rams for firing. When I, I talk with him, me and me and Greg Williams are really close, so we met the night before the game. And I wanted to meet with him the night before the game just in case the game didn't go well and it right, didn't, right, and it didn't right, so right. it worked out good. And he was like, yeah, uh, you know, they're they probably going to extend Jeff, which I thought was good because, you know, they have a young quarterback. He didn't start the first half of the year. Offensive line was terrible. I mean, the, Saint, the Saints got five, relation- six sacks on him. So, but he has such know. a bad relationship with, with quarterbacks. I mean, if you really look back at Steve McNair, he took years to get Steve uh, on the field, or what, two or three years that Steve didn't even touch the field. Well, I think the, the problem that Jeff has always had is he's a defensive guy. You know, he was one of the, you know, guys, when you say the 46 defense, right. he got hurt that year, but he was he part was of the 46, the 46 defense. defense. He was on the team, man. If you look, he, he retired. <laughs> this guy, he's anti-Jeff. So he was, he, so he actually got hurt that year, so he wound up coaching with Buddy, and then he went on to coach with Philly, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. So, I mean, he was there when the 46 in the infancy, you know what I'm saying? He, right. he was there. But if you look at him, he never hired the type of offensive coordinator. When you're a defensive guy, mm-hmm. you, you better get you a, a big dog offensive coordinator, and he never did that. And I think, you know, in his coaching career, that's going to look back and be his downfall. Even, I mean, we had like Les Steckel or somebody as the coordinator. Right. I him. Great guy. But, I mean, he had no plays in the playbook more than 12 yards. We all knew it in practice. It was like mm-hmm. you just sit on it. It's like he had no plays that went back 12 yards. <laughs> you know? And so, He's and, already and, talked about off the air with Frank Wycheck being the leading receiver. Oh, the leading receiver when you got Yancey Thigpen. <laughs> and, and we even had Carl Pickens. And yeah. Frank Wycheck was still the leading receiver. And I, so he never opened the offense up. So, I mean, that's good because we always went on defense. We knew that if you gave up 14 points, you probably were going to lose. <laughs> so, right, right. so you had that, like, raise your ass more than the defense but even with the Rams I think he just never got that offensive coordinator I mean you got to get that guy you know to to help if, if you're not if you're not an offensive guy go get that guy he never did that is he will he coach again do you think he wants to well I, I think he's one of those guys I mean he seems to have nine lives I mean I, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't, I don't think he can bet against them <laughs> as far as coaching again and I think what happened this year was just had he lost all of these games and been competitive in them he would have had another chance. To go I think year. Eric Dixon got him. <laughs> I think he's going to return back to the AFC South. Next year, he's going to be with the Jaguars. That is actually plausible when you say it like that because I think uh, when you talk about – now, they definitely – that they, they came into the season, I thought Jacksonville was going to be the team. I was really high on on Jacksonville, and, and and they will have an opening. And, and we'll have to see who else. And they have a good quarterback what about, in place will, and will a good New, defense. So. Will, will New Orleans have a new coach? No, nah, no, nah, he, he's good. I mean, I actually, I just went to the game in Tampa this weekend. Uh, yeah. the, the Drew Brees era, you have about another good two years, but they have to get the uh, Sean Payton years though. I mean, uh, right. both of those. Yeah, I think Sean, I think Sean Payton, Drew hand. Brees. Yeah, when when Drew Brees hangs it up, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payton hangs it up too. Because, I mean, and just seeks another opportunity. Just seeks another opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll give up. I mean, he's a, he's a good coach, but Drew Brees makes you look really good. I, and I think what I'm seeing now, especially in the division game, and, you know, I watched the whole game, and so, you know, I still watch like a player. If you look at the plays, and I'm a season ticket holder with the Saints, so I've seen Drew Brees. Like, I know the plays, and the plays right. are just getting to be so repetitive. He's running the same plays that they're running since the Super Bowl. Like, you got to switch it up. Right. In Tampa, a division game, I mean – these guys, Drew Brees, take the third step back before he throws. They breaking on the football, so it's like you could tell the Tampa give them a give them shake the hand. Well, coach, but they are sitting and anticipating the plays because they've probably seen them again and again and again. Now they play. I think Tampa plays at the Saints, which would be a big game for Tampa. And I'm really hoping they can make it into the playoffs. 
Um, well, Tampa has a big game weeks. against Dallas. Correct. Coming yeah. up, so that that'll be the game. Yeah, and we 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 if spend they can a lot of time past Dallas some type of way. We spend a lot of time talking about Tampa Bay. I think that's the team. You, you, if you're not frightened of that team, that's the team you probably least want to play in the NFC right now in the playoffs. I don't think Atlanta or Detroit or or New. I don't think anybody wants to see Tampa right. uh, in in the game right now because Jerry McCoy and and all that pressure they're getting from the interior. They're just playing some great, great defense. That brings me to your favorites right now uh, in the NFC. want to ask you about, uh, of course, uh, Dallas struggling offensively two weeks in a row. Uh, is the leash, the leash getting shorter for Dak Prescott, in your opinion? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think you got to ride with Prescott until he obviously, you know, three interceptions, you know, three bad interceptions, where it's obviously his fault. But, I mean, those guys, you got to have confidence in them because they got you here. They won a lot of games. Now, now last time I was on here, I was like, Seattle's my team. but Seattle's still my team. The, hey, I hate yeah, Earl. Earl, yeah. Earl Thomas going down it really, really hurts. I, I think that hurts them more than than we can imagine, I think. And I think, obviously, they're struggling on the road. I thought they had really figured their running game out. I thought Rawls had gotten, gotten back in the second game back. He really got off. And, you know, they just don't seem to be able to rely on that. And, of course, uh, you talk about the tight end and, and, and Jimmy Graham, yeah, Jimmy right. Graham and what, what they, you know, whatever, you know, they uh, really had him going early. Uh, but, again, what, four, five interceptions for, for Russell Wilson. Uh, they'll rebound over the Rams uh, at Thursday, and then we'll see where they are. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good time for a quick week, short week. Yeah, uh, yeah. With, with a team that just fired the coach. But so. you know what? They have a punch. You know what? That's a puncher's chance too, though. You know, nah, that, that kind of thing. Not, if they not. come out and start running a wishbone, nah, that that trust me. That um, I've been in situations. I think where Cleveland fired the coach, and they were just perennially bad. That rah-rah lasts about midway through the first quarter. After right. that, they're trying to figure out who packing up the car to take it home. <laughs> they, they get out of there. <laughs> right. Um, so, in the AFC, New England, I'm, I'm rolling with Kansas City still. And we started to look at some of those matchups, it, you know, just kind of playing this thing out if current standings uh, hold, which they probably won't. Obviously, with three weeks out, a lot of things can happen. Kansas City, if it lines up the way it is now, it it really makes an easy path for New England because again you have to have a Kansas City team go on the road to New England in the AFC Championship, but you can see a scenario. Okay, so here, here's what we did. So right now, New England's first, Kansas City second, Pittsburgh third, Houston fourth, Oakland fifth, Denver sixth in the AFC. So in that scenario, uh, New England and Kansas City have bye weeks. So Houston would host Oakland, and so we can take Oakland in that matchup. Or uh, even if you want to, it could be the Titans because Houston. Well, or it could is, be because the, it, tit- yeah, the Titans are be. surging now. Right. So, and, and I actually think they'll be a more formidable team against Oakland. Uh, well, I think in the playoffs when you can really run the ball and guarantee with the Texans, you don't know week in and week out. Consistently, they run pretty well. They had a really good running game uh, against the Colts Sunday. Uh, but you can't count. Don't you can't yeah, seem playoffs, to be able to when, count. when it comes to playoff football. I mean, I know when we were the Jacksonville Jaguars, we beat a Denver team who was way better than us because we had a hot nature on means. We ran the football, right? Played good defense, didn't give up big plays. You have a chance. You you right. you, you, you be within three points in the fourth quarter, and if you're not, if you're the underdog, that's a great job. You just hoping somebody makes a play. Can't I don't know that the. Houston run game, you can't count on them Correct. right now. I think whereas at Tennessee, you can. So, but say 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 uh, say in that four or five matchup, Houston uh, uh, say Oakland wins. 
Okay, so Oakland would then – okay, let's go Denver, uh, Denver-Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh wins. So that means that they would automatically go to Kansas City and Oakland would go to New England. That's a pretty easy home win, I think, for New England. Yeah, because I don't think – I don't think Oakland can if go to New England. But if you're, if you're the buy team, meaning if you're Kansas City or New England, those first two teams, I don't think you want to match up with a Pittsburgh. Because and Pittsburgh, that, that's where it gets interesting. So Le'Veon Bell is, I mean, he's doing his thing right now. He, he's there. And, I mean, because you have weapons on offense. They've got all three of those guys back, you know, quarterback, wide receiver, running back. And they have a little tight end that's playing pretty well, too. So, I mean, they have enough defense and enough experience I mean, they may not be the favorite, but it's the team you better watch out for because they can beat you well, uh, 45 and, and to 42. I really do think they can, yeah. Right. Uh, but their defense just doesn't – But they, but they can not, score. They right? can beat you 45. Like, if they play New England, they can win 45-42. You know, yeah. they, they can put points on the board. That's, you know? See, that's the X factor. Say if they flip-flop somehow and they fall where they would have to go to New England in the opening and after the bye week. Uh, for new after the the, yeah, the first round by if Pittsburgh yeah, somehow Pittsburgh can beat they can go to New England and win in my opinion they, so it, they it, wouldn't be the favorite but they'll have a they'll have a fighting chance so a lot can transpire but right now give me your two favorite your favorites uh, give me let's do it this way what team do you not want to play right now in the AFC and in the NFC probably in the AFC I don't want to play Pittsburgh and and, and it's because <laughs> they can score points and whenever you can it's like a three point shooter. They can score points. Even if you win in 21-0 at the half, they can score points. They get one lucky turnover, get a long touchdown, and they can score them Quickly. fast. Yeah. Right. 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 As long as Roethlisberger is healthy now, can he go three weeks and stay healthy? Man, that's, that's a big stretch because right. the guy just stays in the pocket and just takes shots. But if he's healthy, if those three guys are healthy, I give them a fighting chance. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still Kansas City. I think it's a team nobody wants to play right now. Although Derrick Johnson going down really, really hurts them. In the NFC, real quick. I mean, I, you can go with, with two teams. I, I lean towards Tampa. But, again, and, and Biscuit talked about this, I, New York is a team that I, I wouldn't want to necessarily face because of Odell Beckham. But I, I think the team nobody wants to deal with right now is Tampa. I think. but I don't. I've, I saw Tampa play. I mean, I just saw him this week. Good team. I mean, I like what Jameis Winston is doing. He's managing the game, making good throws. He has confidence. in Like, he's throwing to guys who aren't open and he's putting it in spots where they can catch it. That's a confident quarterback. He's not waiting to – he's not the rookie waiting till they're wide open. He's like, okay, you cover him, but let's see if you can stop me from getting this ball in here. So I like that, and they still have the little running back who can do some things. And so I, I still think Dallas. I mean, I think the offense – it's impossible to be at a high level for 16 weeks. I know, but so they're trending gonna, so, down. So if you're going to take that trend – Take it now in mid-December and try to get it back going. Because now you know, hey, you know what, guys? Let's buckle down. It's some things that we got to clean up and work on so we can get playoff ready. So Visiting with former NFL linebacker Eddie Robinson, uh, what about Dez Bryant? Uh, what's going on with Dez? Dez, I, mean, I know Stephen A. Smith took his shots, but what, what, I mean, I, that's all bravado and, and that's for sure. But I've thought for a while that at some point he's going to get a little bit frustrated. Absolutely. Cole Beasley is not going to be the lead guy in that well, equation or Jason Witten uh, or Terrence Williams or who, you name it. At some point, he's going to knock on the door and say, okay, I mean, I'm ready. Every, every good receiver, hey, you're good friends with Haywood. Yeah. You can go to Jerry Rice, even even the nice guy receivers. They all want the ball. Right. And they all think they're open every play, and they don't mind telling you that they open every play. <laughs> and if they don't catch the balls, they're going to really tell you they open every play. <laughs> I mean, Curtis Duncan may be the only guy from a Pro Bowl receiver standpoint 
who routinely didn't complain about getting the ball. All of her other guys, Ernest Givens, you know, oh, you yeah. think he wasn't counting how many touchdowns. Hey, well, hey man, you didn't run that fair stop three times. You need to run that slam to me. <laughs> it, it was, these guys wanted the ball, but it's kind of one of those things to be a premier elite receiver, you have to have that arrogance and that confidence. Like, I'm the best guy out here and I can't be covered, but it can't be the point to where you disrupt the team. Right. So, right. And it's a, a fine line, too. To his credit. So, we didn't ask him about, about the locker room uh, hazing. Oh, hazing. Really quickly, let's ask you about hazing. Hazing in the locker room. Yeah, we talked about the, the hazing in baseball. I want to get your take on this. Uh, where they said that they can no longer haze or make the, the rookie players dress up in female clothing. We had a discussion. I said, you know, there's a difference between hazing and criminal activity. And I actually liked and supported some form of hazing because it hu- really humbles a lot of uh, a lot of rookies who come in. A lot of them back in the day especially were, were high-paid guys who hadn't earned their way. And I thought that it's a way to for, to humble those guys. And Biscuit, your take was I, I thought it was unnecessary. Just overall, it's just these are grown men. You you do you come to do a job. I don't get hazed at my job. I mean, I, obviously it's different. Uh, sports There's is nothing, different. Yeah, nothing like a it's nothing. It's not, it's, I mean, that's true. But I mean, ultimately, I think it's unnecessary. Well, I mean, I I never had a problem with hazing. I, I think it's one of those things. If it's controlled and kept within limits. I think it does build camaraderie, and I think it does humble a guy because, you know, you have those players who in college, they've been the man ever since Southside South Cow, since East Bethel Cowboys. They've been the man. <laughs> so not, not that they went to UT and every other school, and they're still a man. So you got to let this kid know. You may have a guy that's 10 years in this thing feeding his family and making half of what this other guy is. So you got to let him know, hey, it's things you have to learn at this level and ways you have to go about learning. And the best way to get a person to listen and learn is to get the humility aspect of it first. I mean, right. as long as it doesn't get to the point where it's physical or, you know. Yeah, any good hazing stories in the NFL? Yeah, sometimes be physical. Well, I mean, Lamar Lathan was the, was the big hazer with us, man. He was just, he man, he stayed on me and Joe Biden. I mean, It seemed like he would, he would go too far with it. It would seem it, like Lamar Lathan would be the guy to go a little bit too far with the hazing. Uh, it, was, it was never uh one thing I can say with with them, we had a veteran team. It was it was some grown men. I mean, right. when Big Doug and those guys said, "Do something," you did it. You right. mean, it, was, it was like it was, it was repercussions if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember with Lamar one time, man. We getting it was like the first preseason game. My mom and everybody, the first preseason game, never played in the preseason games. We playing in uh, San Antonio against Dallas or somebody. I'm in the middle of getting my hair cut. Hey, Rook, take my bag to the car. Hey, hey, no problem. I'll take it back. Take it now. I was like, well, man, I got one half faded and one half. You know, can, I, can I give him a fade? He pulled the clippers out the, out the wall. <laughs> now means now. So I looked at him and told me and Joe, you know, Joe was my little roommate, and uh, I was second-round pick. Joe was fifth-round pick. So we, we hung tight. So I looked at Joe, and he looked at me. He was like, man, it's about to get ugly. <laughs> and I think Eugene Seals or somebody I'm like, man, man, let them boys get a haircut before they do that, man. It's not messing with people. It kind of broke it up. But it was, it was right on the verge of like, oh, here we go. Had to make decisions. So. But Lamar was a good guy, man. He, 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 one thing I can say is, you know, looking back, he, he told me one time, he was like, man, you a rookie in the game of life. And I was like, you know, what, what do you mean by that? And, and, and then – Later, you kind of think it's like, well, you know, I didn't have a house. You know, I didn't have a car. I didn't have a checking account. You know, it's like it was more than just football. So those guys were able to teach you more than just about how to line up and play the position. And so, right. but you had to humble yourself. And I was a pretty humble guy already, but you still had to humble yourself to learn that, hey, you know, these guys can teach. Like Al Smith taught me how to watch film. Like I would just 
watch film. Hey, hey, Eddie, watch film. Yeah, well, what you saw? Well, I was supposed to see Al. I mean, I watched, I mean, yeah, I watched it for an hour and a half. I thought that. <laughs> so he actually sat me down and said, hey, man, and this was before they had the electronics and computers. So watching film was like VCR tape back and forth, back and forth, right down the note. Back and forth, back and forth, right down the note. You know what I'm saying? Right. But he taught me how to do that. But if I wouldn't have been humble, those are things that I may have not learned later on in my career. So as a first, second, third-year player, I mean, that's the importance of having those veteran guys in the locker room. And, and part of that is the whole hazing aspect of it. So, right, right, to keep yeah. them humble. Now, you hear this music in the background. That means it's time for the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. And as promised, we're going to have a, the Black Exploitation Contest between you and Biscuit. I know last time you were on the podcast, you talked about how you were expert and have, you knew what... I have what... a collection, a VCR collection. No well, this I may can't be... even play them, but I got a collection. <laughs> <laughs> you got them on the, on the disc. What, what are the big the big album? You remember the laser disc? Oh, no. Nah, you nah, remember those? I'm, I'm VCR. I'm even mm. before that. I remember we the first VCR we had came from Curtis Mathis. <laughs> and we had to go rent movies from the Curtis Mathis <laughs> store. So we would have to drive from South Park over to Stella Link. To the Curtis Mathis store, so we would have to like interrupt the guy from selling a TV so we could rent Rambo. You know, yeah, but was he was he selling Jiffy Pop popcorn too? Yeah, you the could get that at the you could get it at the register. <laughs> so yeah, so here we go. Now this may be unfair because Biscuit is really really he he has no idea, and, but I think I've come up with a way to sort of equalize this. So this is real movie. This is from the black exploitation era. This is real movie versus made-up movie. And I made up some of these titles. Let's start with you, Eddie. In uh, the first category, these, of these two movies, which one of these is a real movie and which one of these is a fake m movie that I made up? Cool Breeze versus Black Slasher. <laughs> so that, that's a good one, but I'm, I'm going to say Cool Breeze is the real movie. I, Black Slasher, I, I'm not going. Okay, Biscuit, it's your turn. Cool Breeze or Black Slasher? I will go with Black Slasher. Uh, number two, and this one might be a giveaway. Uh, because, and I'll start with you on this one, Jordan. Movie, which one is real? Which one is fake? Mm -hmm. Soul Brother Saint or Disco Godfather? I'm going to say Disco Godfather. Okay, Eddie? Yeah, he got that one right. It's Disco Godfather. <laughs> I, I know that. I think I have that one, so I'm, okay. I'm, I'm good on that. Okay, it, yeah, you may be ahead of the game on, on this one. Okay, the next one. Funky President or Black Mama, White Mama? Uh, Black Mama, White Mama is the real movie. And you concur? Yeah, I concur. Okay. Uh, you've talked about that movie before. Yeah. Dead buddy, that's Pam Grier. <laughs> so yeah, that one was kind of a giveaway. Here's one: uh, the Black Mafia versus the Black Gestapo. Which one was the real movie? Uh, I'm gonna say the Black Gestapo is the real movie. Okay, what do you say? You know, that's my my initial reaction was that's it. I'm gonna go with Black Mafia just so we have some some uh, competition over here. Okay, and Ebony Sheet Devil. Versus Trick Baby. Oh, Trick Baby. That's uh, that's Iceberg Slim. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they had a movie about that. Come on. I, was, I, I know Donald Goins and Iceberg Slim. I got, got that on paperback. Oh, okay. Did they make a movie about uh, Trick Baby? Uh, well, you'll find out in just a minute. What, what so. was the other one? What was the other choice? Uh, Ebony She Devil. I'm gonna say Ebony She Devil is the movie because if they would have made a movie. About Iceberg Stem, I think I would have seen it. So, <laughs> okay. Trick, Trick Baby is not a movie. Okay, which one are you gonna? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Trick Baby. I'm, I'm, a, you know, you were pretty adamant about, you know, Iceberg Slim. So I, I think that that may be a movie. May just got past you, Eddie. That's mm -hmm. okay. So here, here are your answers. 
Okay, Cool Breeze versus the Black Slasher. The correct answer is Cool Breeze. Cool Breeze no, starring Thelmas Rasulullah. Uh, Thelmas is the leader for a group of criminals who gather in L.A. to rob a bank. The goal is to found a new bank. So this is a Robin Hood, like a ghetto Robin Hood. So that Rob came a out. bank and lend it back to the, to the people right. in the community. At a higher <laughs> interest rate. And <laughs> hey, that's capitalism right now. <laughs> the poverty pimping. Uh, so Soul Brother Saint versus Disco Godfather. Obviously, Disco Godfather. That's a Dolomite movie. And here's the, the premise. A retired cop becomes a DJ slash celebrity at Blueberry Hill Disco. He's the disco godfather. All is well until his nephew flips out on this strange new drug that's sweeping the streets called Angel Dust or PCP. Disco Godfather vows to personally come down on the suckers that produce that ish. The suckers. <laughs> yeah, you, you sucker. Uh, it, it says more, but that's, a, you that's know, all now, you need now, to know. Now, back in the 70s, you know, you talk, you call somebody a sucker, man. That was, you, 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 you went <laughs> no. below the belt. I mean, I was fighting with you. We about to pull out my straight razor on you then. That's right. <laughs> uh, black white mama, white mama, obviously we know that that's Pam Greer. You get to see a lot of Pam Greer. When two troublemaking female prisoners, one a revolutionary and one a former harem girl, can't seem to get along, they're chained together and extradited for safekeeping. The women, still chained together, stumble, stab, and catfight their way across the wilderness, igniting a bloody shootout between gangsters and a group of revolutionaries. <laughs> that came out in 1973. And again, you need to see that one. Uh, but that's not a family movie, Biscuit. <laughs> so you might, might want to do that when the kids are with grandma. Yeah, um, Trick Baby versus Ebony She Devil. And, and of course, it, it, Trick Baby is a movie. It is. <laughs> Two Philadelphia con men try to evade gangsters. Uh, they've conned and cops who are trying to put them in jail. So that is that, but I do have a bonus question. Okay, because we are tied. Yeah, you tied. Okay, so, so we it was six of them, so we're three. No, seven. it was it was one two it was one two three four five. it was five of them. Oh, we went with the same answer a couple oh, times. Oh yeah, right. so yeah, so you tied. So the the final this is the bonus. We are all familiar with the movie Willie Dynamite, or we should be. I've heard of that. Yeah. Oh, you've heard I've, of I've, it? I've watched it, but it's been a while. What Sesame Street? I've never heard of Willie Dynamite. That Dynamite. You yeah. need to. I can quote it, but I don't want to cuss okay, even on the please. podcast. Okay, but go ahead with the uh, question. What Sesame Street actor <laughs> starred as Willie Dynamite? Uh, what's his name? I think his name was Ed. On the only black guy on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> that was a horrible bonus question. I don't even know the guy's name, but he was actually uh Willie That's Dynam the one that used to always talk with with the grouch. That was he's, Gordon. Yeah, Gordon, yeah. right. Yeah, Gordon. Gordon. But, but like you said, he's the only black, black guy. Man. I meant to re kids, I right. meant to rephrase that. If I would have said I said the grouch was black too, so I mean that's call it for if, what it is. <laughs> what, what was Snuffer Lovegas? Lovegas was a brother, right? You think so? Uh -huh. He was cool with yeah. me, like <laughs> Hi Big Bird. <laughs> he he was really chill. Kind of like a Barry White. Uh, he may he may have lived in Colorado. <laughs> he was always chill. His eyes was droopy. Yeah, that's the sports talk with Devin Wade podcast. We well, now that will wrap up things with the, the uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Um, how can they reach you on social media if they want to reach out and touch uh, Eddie Rob? Yeah, Instagram is erob50, and, and to keep it simple, uh, it's also erob50 on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> and, of course, you can subscribe to the Sports Talk 
with Devin Wade Podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Make sure you like it and give us some feedback. We always like hearing from you guys. In addition to that, you can tweet me at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. We'll have some poll questions and get you involved. And one of these days soon, we're going Facebook Live. So uh, with that, until next time, thanks for listening and have a great